Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Friday, January the 28th, 2022, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to discuss a really solid NBA 11-game main slate tonight on DraftKings and FanDuel, 10-game main slate that starts at 7.30, 30 minutes later on Yahoo!, so we are going to cover all 11 games, certainly excited for this as opposed to the two-gamer last night, which just was not that much fun. But this one has all kinds of information. We have multiple teams on first and second nights of back-to-backs, a lot of guys sitting out, protocols, you name it, it is there. So we are going to dive into this head first uh, real quickly if you're watching on YouTube. On the way in here, please hit that thumbs up. Hit the su submit uh, button there for uh, if you haven't become a sub. And then uh, a little comment. That would be great. Just two, three words. We'd really appreciate that. Um, that really helps us move up the algorithm on YouTube. While you're at it, hit that little bell in the top corner. That'll let you know when all of our podcasts post. We have an NFL and PGA podcast posted right now for this week. And we also have the seven-day-a-week NBA podcast. So you'll want to know when those are posting. If you are listening audio-wise on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, anywhere podcasts can be heard, only a couple days left here, three days left until our drawing. If you do listen on audio and you give us a five-star review and a quick comment, you are in the drawing uh, at the end of this month for a full one-week membership all access to Coach Talk. So don't miss out on that one. Uh, and other than that, if you want to join us, great weekend time to join us. I always say this on Friday. If you want to dip your toes in the water, $10 for three days. You get all of our action here, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with NBA, uh, PGA, and of course, NFL, the championship round. So uh, we'd love to have you. But let's dive in, and we're not taking any breaks. We're firing through all 11 games, and we are going to make this happen and see if we can get some lineups built uh, to really double up all our cash money we're playing and uh, nail some of these single entry and, and GPPs. So, all right, first game on the slate. Here we go. It's it's on the DraftKings and FanDuel uh, main slate, but not on Yahoo's. It's, again, 7 o'clock, Detroit Pistons, Orlando Magic. Orlando's favored by three and a half, 213, very small total, 104.75 implied for Detroit, uh, 108.25 for the Orlando Magic. Coming into this one, Detroit is 11 and 36. Orlando is 9 and 40. That hurts. Um, as, as far as designations, Kelly Olinick is probable, so they should get him back. Uh, in the mix that really shuffles the deck with their big men. Uh, believe it or not, Jeremy Grant is questionable. So is he going to play again for Detroit? Are they going to showcase and make sure he looks healthy to make this trade uh, before the February 10th deadline? Pretty sure they're going to move Grant, almost positive. So whether they sit him to make the move or showcase that he's healthy, uh, we got to keep an eye on that and certainly uh, need to know that news, but we'll have it before lock uh, there. Livers is out. For Orlando, Markel Fultz 
is doubtful, but at least he's off that out list that he's been on all year. So something to watch throughout the weekend, but he is doubtful tonight. The guys that are out for Orlando are MCW, Hampton, Isaac, and more. Statistically speaking here, we've got uh, Detroit at the 11th pace and uh, Orlando 12th. So both above normal. That helps a little bit, but this 213 total doesn't excite you. Vegas isn't impressed. Plus, they have two really bad defenses. They're 22nd and 23rd. So I know this is somewhat of a brush off from Vegas at this 213 number. I don't think it's an impossible game to, to go a one-off here. I think there's the numbers show that they're going to play pretty quick. Neither one plays D. Uh, I think just the uncertainty of some of the guys in and out may be creating that lower line. But I think they could, they could bust 213 and make this a, a playable game. Uh, we've got a couple of different things to look at. Uh, Cade Cunningham, who went ballistic last time out, is at 7-7, but he deserves to be at that mid-level price the way he's been playing. Uh, Diallo, Bay, and Stewart, now that you've got you know, the mixture of Olenek back in, those guys, it's a little bit tougher, but they're cheaper. Diallo's all the way down to 5-5, Sadiq Bay 6-2, and Isaiah Stewart 4-3. So very cheap if, if you're going to get some good run out of them. Uh, not sure on the Corey Joseph, Killian Hayes mixture, so I'm not going to mess with that. And they do have Lyles, but he's 4-9 off the bench. And especially with Olenek back, I think that may just knock him right out of the rotation. Uh, on the Orlando side, Cole Anthony uh, threw a 50-burger on the board for us last time. It is cheaper price, and they jumped him right back up. He's up to 6-8. Uh, Jalen Suggs, 6-1 and playing much better ball. Not sure I want to spend 6-1 on him quite yet, but man, is he showing uh, a, a really increased uh, contribution since he came back from being out. Franz Wagner, always an option at 5-6. Wendell Carter at 6-7 and Mo Bamba at 5-2. Those would be the key guys. Again, all very good value all over the board on both sides here. And even though this is going to be a pass game for a lot of people on my FanDuel and DraftKings slate, I may go one off uh, on each side here just because of the value. And I think the potential for this game to have more DFS points uh, than people are anticipating. Okay, second game, 730. It is the Boston Celtics at Atlanta Hawks. We have Boston on the first night of a doubleheader. That first game, both teams were on an island. Uh, Boston, first game of, of a doubleheader, does affect things a bit, uh, but not for Atlanta. It's an island game for them. Atlanta's favored by two. It's only a 218.5 total, 108.25 for Boston, and the Atlanta Hawks are 110.25. Uh, Coming into the game, you've got Boston 25 and 24, Atlanta 22 and 25. Almost no designations here. It's like shocking. Atlanta, clear, nothing. Boston, only one guy, Bull Bull, and he's out. Uh, he had surgery. Everybody else is in. I mean, it's actual NBA, regular roster basketball. Not sure exactly how to re even react to that. I guess, you know, the, the sad thing is we, we, get, we are so spoiled with a third of the team, you know, team being out for each team that we're able to find, you know, just e extreme value and 
huge pay up guys that get all the uh, usage. But now that everybody's back, uh, it divvies it up a little bit. So it's not quite as conducive to building that optimal lineup when you got the full lineups. But that's the way the NBA is supposed to be. So hopefully we get back and it's the new normal after this old normal that we've had for the last year. So we'll see how that flies. But as far as statistically, a not great pace, 25th for Boston, 19th for Atlanta. So both below average there. Defensively, Boston all the way up to fourth. Uh, tough defensively. Uh, Atlanta, not so much, 27th. So good uh, opportunity for Boston to take advantage of some of that porous D from Atlanta. I will say I think Atlanta's D is a little better than that. They've been missing Capella a lot and they had missed DeAndre Hunter earlier, and those are their two best de defenders. So uh, as far as this game goes, I'm, you know, Marcus Smart at 5'6", you can always talk about, but he's been a little bit iffy. I've also seen his name in trade uh, talks also. Um, you know, the question is, do you go Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? That's oh, always the question. 8-9 uh, for Brown, 10-1 for Tatum, um, but... Big prices to pay here. I know it's a, a tough, a really bad defense for Atlanta, but not sure I'm going to get up to the those big numbers uh, this go around. Horford inconsistent at five seven. Robert Williams has been tough, but he's sitting at seven K in that you know important center position, and you know where he's eligible for power forward. I think you got a little bit more of a chance to play him there. But there are 22 teams. That means. 22 starting centers here coming up, and I don't think uh, Williams is going to make the cut here. Um, for Atlanta, Trey Young's been playing terrific, but he's 10-6, so that's a big uh, you know, bite of the apple right there. Uh, Herder, now that some of these guys are back, like Bogdan Bogdanovich and Hunter, uh, Gallinari, you know, it, it makes it tough to pay the 4-7 for Herder. Hunter, on the other hand, at 5-2, Really can have some some good games here, but is he going to get defense from Brown or Tatum, which I do respect both defenders? Uh, I would anticipate so, which will probably play him out for me. Um, Collins at 6'7". You know, he can break slates, but he also can break your heart because he's not a consistent player uh, at his position like he should be. Um, Clint Capella at 6'9", not going to pay that much up for a guy that's still uh, coming back. So in all honesty, this game uh, just does not shine bright for me. Uh, possibly if I have a build where I can pay up for Brown or Tatum, I'd go there. But other than that, this could be a pass game for me all the way around. All right, game three. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. We saw LeBron get uh, scratched about an hour before game time. Uh, and then Anthony Davis go crazy after being out so long. Um, very surprising there. But we've got the Los Angeles Lakers and Charlotte Hornets. How about this total? Now, we're talking a little bit more about uh, interesting here. It's Charlotte minus six and a half. Big favorites against the Lakers. You can tell LeBron's not playing. Um, well, I would think. 227 and a half is the total. 110 and a half implied for the Lakers, 117 uh, for the Charlotte Hornets. So coming into this game, Lakers have fallen below 500 again at 24 and 25. 
Charlotte, five games above 500, 27 and 22, playing some good ball. We know LeBron James has already been designated out, so we know he's not playing. That uh, came down this morning. You know, the million-dollar question here will be Anthony Davis. He is questionable. He played a huge role last night, so I'd be shocked on the second night of a back-to-back for them if they rolled him out there again, uh, especially the way they used him. If they do, uh, man, I just, I'm not even going to think about it because I've, you know, I've got to think he's going to be limited to some sense. If they roll him out two games or roll huge minutes, uh, that would be really, I think, poor coaching on their behalf. They are desperate though. I mean, they're trying to get back to 500. So we need to follow the news on news on Davis anyway. Kendrick Nunn is also out for the Lakers. For Charlotte, uh, Kelly Oubre is uh, questionable. So that's something we need to watch. He's an important piece of that rotation. And uh, Gordon Hayward out again and Jalen McDaniels. So their bench, a little bit thinner. They've got their starting five intact, but a little bit thinner. Well, not really. Gordon Hayward usually starts. So they're, they're short a starter and... Uh, really, they're six man, so that's not going to help matters. But if they're going uh, against the Lakers without LeBron and then maybe without Davis, uh, that's that's a whole different situation there. Uh, statistically speaking, the Lakers uh, are seventh in pace and Charlotte second, so that's why you've got that two twenty seven and a half number. And then defensively, the Lakers are fifteenth, Charlotte is twenty fifth. So definitely not uh, stoppers here on either side. So a lot of interest here. I think there should be. I mean, you're going to have a lot of possessions, a lot of potential here. But again, all of it comes down to Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis is in without restrictions, then he's a play. I mean, it's crazy, but he would be. Uh, If he's out, I'm thinking he might not play. But again, that's just guessing at this point. But if he is, you know, in, in my initial builds here, I don't have him playing. It elevates Westbrook at 8-6. And, man, I, I played him last night. He is just playing like dog you-know-what. Uh, just I know his numbers weren't too bad, but it just compared to the way he played last year with Washington, just doesn't look like the same guy. I mean, I don't know if it's completely the system or it could be Father Time, you know. Father Time is undefeated, by the way, and Russ isn't getting any uh, younger. But that dunk he had the other day on the on on uh, I'm not sure who it was that he dunked on, but it was insane uh, dunk. But uh, I don't know. At eight six, though, if both are out, he's certainly going to be high on my list, and I may roll out Russ again. Um, you can go to a couple of other guys that would be key in the shot making process here four five monk and four four anthony very cheap and would play a much more predominant role i cannot get myself to roster stanley johnson i know he starts i know he's getting to his number i know he's three four but he's stanley stinking johnson man i don't know avery bradley awful three two plays defense if you get a lucky game from him God bless you. But Bradley and and Johnson on a, you know, 22 teams playing, not going to do it. But I am interested in Westbrook, Monk, and Anthony, specifically if Davis sits. 
On the Charlotte side, you've got all kinds of opportunities here. LaMelo Ball, who had like a 9 million point triple-double the other day, he's 8'4", so certainly very interesting. Uh, Terry Rozier at 7'6", been up and down, a little bit riskier. I do like Cody Martin, though. He seems to step in when they need him if somebody's out. And, you know, they've all been out at different times, and now Hayward's out. So Cody should start. He's only 4-4, and he generally gets to his number. He's pretty consistent. So a good value play there. Miles Bridge is always potentially terrific. It's 7-6, and, you know, if they go with Davis at center or if Davis is out and they start possibly Howard, uh, I still think uh, Miles is not going to have anybody really lined up to stop him. You know, if there's no LeBron – uh, which there isn't, uh, Stanley Johnson. I'm not sure who's going to guard him. Maybe they dust off Trevor Ariza to play him. Uh, that would make sense. But he's been a, a you know a no-play coach's decision recently. So Bridges is really high on my radar today. Uh, 7'6", I think he's well worth it. And uh, definitely in my player pool right now. After that, with no Ubre, it does bring two guys into mind. P.J. Washington at 5K flat, and James Booknight at 3-3. When Booknight's got the opportunity, he's produced, and that kid's got some talent. Uh, Only question is how many minutes is he going to get, but he should soak up some of those Oubre minutes, in my opinion, and could be a terrific uh, GPP play at least for 3-3. All right, next game, 8 o'clock. It's the Indiana Pacers and Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City favored. How about how far is the Pacers drop when the Thunder's favored in Vegas over you? Oklahoma City by 1218 total, 108 and a half implied for Indiana, 109 and a half for the Thunder. Records coming into this game, we've got Indiana 17 and 32, the Thunder are 14 and 33. Sabonis questionable, massive news that we need to know. Guys that are already out, Brogdon, McConnell, Turner, and Warren. So Indiana still playing banged up ball. Two guys out for Oklahoma City, Favors and Krejcik. There we go. I pronounced it correctly. One of our wonderful listeners sent me uh, information saying how to pronounce it. It's Vit. Krejcik. So thank you, sir. Um, so th- that's the way where that sits. And then as far as statistically, we have Indiana, first of all, on the first night of a back-to-back, just to add to their woes, uh, island game for Oklahoma City. 21st and 15th in pace, so nothing to write home about. That's why you've got the negative uh, of 220, total of 218. And then defense, though, is not great. 24 for Indiana, fairly decent 16 for the Thunder. With that squad to be in the middle of the pack, isn't that bad? Um, Where do you look here? How much stock do you want to put in this game? You know, Karis LeVert versus Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I mean, you could go with both sides of that and feel pretty darn good. Uh, LeVert's 8-8. SGA is 9-3 think they both need to be considered. Um, Duarte's been solid at 6'4". After that, you know, we just need the news on Sabonis. If Sabonis sits, uh, Bataze becomes in play to me. 
if he plays and no restrictions, then Sabonis could be the best play on the slate. Uh, he is 10-4, but uh, let's see what that news is. And, you know, that will make a big difference in building this slate. After that, the Thunder side, man, you know, if you want to spend mid-level on Giddy at 7-3, you can always catch that lightning in a bottle and catch that triple-double game. But Dort's been inconsistent. Wiggins, JRE, all down the line. Just can't build on big slates like this with guys that are, you know, so unreliable. All right, let's go to the next 8 o'clock game. That's the Utah Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis is favored by four. Nice, healthy 226 total. 111 implied for Utah, 115 for Memphis. Seems like we get big totals on all these Utah games all the time. Utah comes in 30 and 19. Memphis 33 and 17. Uh, really playing good ball. Uh, questionable Donovan Mitchell. He may play, so we need to follow that very closely. That's huge news in this game. Forrest questionable, and we already know Gobert is out. For Memphis, out is Anderson, Brooks, and Tyus Jones. So when we look at the breakout here on this game, we've got Utah the 16th fastest pace. Memphis been playing faster and faster every game. They're all the way up to third. So that's uh, they're jamming it down, people. And they're getting a lot of that from their defense in transition. Utah's 11th defensively and Memphis is 8th. So pretty good ratings defensively for a total this big of 226. Good game, but not a stackable game uh, by any sense for me. Uh, there's a couple games, especially one later here, that I think is the stackable game. Uh, and I know it's going to be everybody's big hot take. Trailblazers and Rockets are a great DFS game. You can only catch that kind of news here at Coach Talk. Trust me. Um, all right. So the Jazz and Grizz. Let's see here. Do you, you know, is Mitchell in or not? I mean, I, how do you break down Utah without knowing that? If he's in, no restrictions at 9-1, playable. If he's out, then, you know, guys come into play. Conley at 7-1, Bogdanovich at 6-7. Uh, O'Neal at 4-7, and then with Gobert out, a lot of people will jump on Whiteside. He's a pretty heavy 6-9 now. He's mid-level priced. Uh, you know, he's been getting to his number. He's going to get the majority of minutes at center. He's a reasonable play, but now that he's at that mid-level price, I'm not racing to him, but he's in the, in the pool in a consideration. Um, if Mitchell sits, Clarkson and Ingles become a possible play, uh, but if if he's in, then no, sir. John Morant, you could play him any night and feel pretty comfortable. He's gotten to that level now. He's an NBA all-star starter for the first time, uh, but his, his number's 10-3, so a little bit, uh, you know, tough number there at 10-3, but man, is he playing great ball and uh, really been leading them. So, he is one of my pay-up options today. Normally, I wouldn't want to go over 10 for Jaw, but uh, the way he's playing and shooting and, and just all around, uh, definitely in consideration. Bain at 6-1 is also in consideration when Brooks is out. We've seen Bain's numbers uh, consistently up, so he is potentially there. Uh, Zaire Williams maybe just... GPP only at 3.6. He's a good price, and he's about ready to drop a 
real 20-point game on somebody, but a little too risky for my cash uh, ventures today. Jackson at 6-7, Adams at 4-7. You know, they're not the worst plays. Adams' minutes are generally watched pretty closely, and Jackson at times can be very undependable, uh, and he's probably going to grab some Royce O'Neal defense. So not, like I say, Stack City here, but Jaw and maybe a guy from Utah, specifically if Mitchell sits. All right, next 8 o'clock game, L.A. Clippers, Miami Heat. Heat minus 7, 210 total, 101.5 implied for the Clippers, 108.5 for the first place Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference, which is amazing when they, they showed a stat that the studs from that team have only all played together for like eight games or 12 games. I think it's 12 games. And they're 31 and 17, number one seed in the East. So look out for the Heat. I've been telling you all this time, watch out. They are tough. A uh, lot of designations here. Clippers out. George, Leonard, Morris, Preston. For Miami, the billion-dollar question. Not just million, but billion. Jimmy Butler. Is he in? Is he out? He is questionable, and we never know. When he's listed questionable, it's truly questionable. He may be in. He may be out. So it's going to be building late swap or... You know, it, I doubt we get that news at lock, but we'll see. Hopefully we do. The guys that we know are out are Lowry, Morris, Akpala, Oladipo, and Silva. So um, a lot of guys out, a lot of moving parts in this one. But, uh, you know, I think we can still pinpoint some guys here. 210 totals, not great. Nothing to really write home about there, but uh, we'll see. Clippers uh, Island game for them. It is the first night of a back-to-back -back for Miami. So the question is, does Butler play this game or play tomorrow night's game? I'm sure that's what they're discussing. Clippers are 14th in pace. Miami plays super slow. They're 28th. And then defensively, this is where you have the problem. Clippers 6, Miami 7. So I'm telling you, the Clippers playing that good a defense without Paul George, and of course they haven't had uh, – uh, who's the, who? I, he's out of sight, out of mind. Kawhi Leonard, he's been out all season. So the fact that they're sixth in the league in defense is is really speaks volumes. So outstanding job there, uh, coaching and and for the players that have, have gotten it done. So good defense here. Uh, it's a little bit scary, low number, a little bit scary. But uh, for the Clippers, I mean, you can get some value in some different spots. Uh, Reggie, 6-1. Coffee, 5-4. Had a good game the other day. Man at 4. Batum at 5-5. Five, five, and even Zubots at 4-7. They're all cheap. Kennard off the bench at 4-5. Any of those guys have the potential uh, to play uh, well and hit their number. Against the Heat in Miami, 7-point dogs, low total. I doubt I'm going to get there, to be honest with you, on any of the Clippers. But on the Heat side, I think it's a little bit different. If Butler sits, uh, then you're talking some serious uh, plays here. I think if, if Butler sits, I'm all over Tyler Hero at 6-4. He would be a plug-and-play for me if Butler uh, doesn't start. Um, the other guy is Bam Adebayo at 7-5. I think fantastic play. Um, also, you know, you can go if Butler's out to Gabe Vincent at 5-1 or Duncan Robinson at 4-3. Great value prices, 
uh, all the way around. If Butler does play, he's only 8-7, which I think is underpriced for him, uh, and he would become a, a play. So I've, I've got a feeling I'm going to have probably two Miami Heat uh, tonight, uh, maybe just Butler, but if Butler sits, probably a combination uh, of either uh, Hero and Bam or Hero and one of the guards. So I like this game much better on the Miami side uh, than on the Clippers side. All right. Would you believe there's still two more eight o'clock games? They go on forever here. It is the Portland Trailblazers and Houston Rockets. This is the game. This is the game. We do have another one that's good, but this is the best, definitely, DFS game of the night. It's Portland minus two. So you got a very close number, 232. And then you've got both teams over 115 implied, which usually is the, you know, the light lighting up the bells ring and, and that makes everything work. Portland 117, Houston 115 on the implied totals. So you got to absolutely love that. Uh, coming into this game, uh, a season that uh, these two teams would like to forget. Portland's 20 and 28. Houston's 14 and 34. We have a questionable designation on Robert Covington and Dennis Smith. We have a doubtful on CJ Ellaby and that cool hair that he's got. And then the guys that are out are Lillard, Little, who's now out for the season. Tough loss there. He was fun to watch. Nance and Zeller. So Portland's just been devastated. There's no doubt. For Houston, pretty much everybody's in. Uh, no Garuba, no Wall, but we know they're trying to trade Wall, who has not played yet this season. Numbers-wise, everything also adds up for a monster game here. We've got uh, Portland 17th in pace, but Houston's number one in the entire league in getting the ball up and down the floor. Then you have two of the worst three teams in the league defensively, 28th for Portland, 30th for Houston. So also, you know, that magic number, as long as Houston stays first in pace and last in defense, their games are going to be awesome all the time. But they happen to face another team here that just doesn't defend that well at all. So uh, all kinds of possibilities here. You know, what is too many players in this game to play? You know, on an 11-game slate, maybe 2v2, four guys max. Uh, you know, just because you get into that negative correlation if you go too deep. But because of the scenarios here, I think you could go that many. I really do. Uh, guys that I'm considering, Simons at 6'8", McCollum at 7'3", both make sense. Norman Powell at 6'1", and then Nurk at 8K. Those are the four guys I'm focusing on. Uh, you know, Covington may sit, so we don't know who else is going to get in there, and it's not going to matter if it's Snell, Watford, those guys. Uh, just can't go there. For Houston, same thing. Kevin Porter at 6'4". Jalen Green at only 4-1, both interesting. Eric Gordon, I can't figure out for the life of me. I've said it on other pods here. He's 4-8, and last year I was the Eric Gordon whisperer. I think I mentioned this before, and I'd play him, and he'd throw a 50-burger in, then I'd sit him, and he'd have like 17. Not so much this year. I'm not, not the Eric Gordon fan I was because he stung me a few times. So not really crazy about him. Jay Sean Tate's another one. He's 5'4", but you can't figure out exactly when he's going to have that big game. Now, it does set up better for him here, 
And if Covington sits sits and is he's questionable, maybe Tate's the better place to go because he's not going to have as good a defender. And then Christian Wood at 8-2. I mean, really the two centers here at 8 and 8-2 are a very fair price, and they both could definitely go off. So uh, lots of interesting stuff here. Not any, say, you know, guys that I say 100% lock and load, but I will have, I would, I'm guessing three guys out of my roster coming out of, of this group. So we'll see. All right. Let's go on to the next eight o'clock game. And in fact, it's finally the last eight o'clock game. Denver Nuggets, New Orleans Pelicans. Denver favored by four and a half. It's a 216 total. 110.25 implied for Denver. 105.75 uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans. And coming into this game, we've got, um, well, we've got to scan all the way down here. We're getting close. Denver 26 and 21, Pelicans 18 and 29. Guys out for Denver, Kanchar, Murray, and Porter for the Pelicans. Questionable tags on, in my opinion, two of their three best players in Ingram and Hart. So huge news there. Definitely be ready to pivot if you're using any of those guys. Uh, the guys that are out are Luzada, Murphy, and Cheeseburgers, Williamson. So we do have those two designations there with Ingram and Hart that are seriously going to affect uh, how you want to build from this game. You know, could really open some value up uh, or, you know, it could jam everybody in and, you know, they take a little bit away from each other. Uh, you've got two poorly paced teams here. That's why you only have 216 total, 23rd and 22nd. So not good, but they don't play great D, 20th and 26th respectively on the defensive side. So there will be points to be had here. You know, the, the big question is, is your pay up to the Joker at 12-6? We know he's phenomenal. We know he can totally destroy any slate. And you have to at least consider him as a big pay up here. And that's what I'm doing. I'm considering him at that 12-6 number. After that, though, you know, Aaron Gordon 6-3 is a little pricey, but he's played much, much better but I think he's going to get Herb Jones' defense, and, and I really uh, think Herb's a, an up-and-coming uh, defensive player, uh, all-NBA defensive player here within a couple of years. Um, after that, Jeff Green can get to his number fairly easily at 4-3. He's been playing good ball. Uh, you know, Cousins in the mix makes it interesting. It You know, Joker's still going to get his million points, you know, DFS points, but Cousins does play an extra shift or two when he's hot. So 12-6, you know, it makes you just a little bit with Cousins bothers me, uh, you know, as far as just blowing it out of the water for the Joker. But if the game stays close, Denver's only favored by four and a half. Still, you know, very possible. But I wanted to mention Cousins, not that I'm going to play him, but, you know, he does take a, a, a smidgen away from the Joker. And then even when the Joker's out and he's in, the rest of the guys, he is taking a little bit of usage from guys and rebounds from Green and Gordon uh, and some of the other players off the bench. Uh, Najee's played good for them off the bench, too, at 3-1, but not playable, But in my opinion. But I think he's a guy to watch. Uh, Morris at 4-4, Barton 5-5. I just would rather go elsewhere. On the Pelican side, again, it's all dependent on if Hart and Ingram are in. If they're in, they're playable. Hart's 6-5. Ingram's a fair 8-2. Uh, 
If they're out, it just puts tons on Nikhil Alexander-Walker at 4-4, would become a, a super play. Devontae Graham possibly at 5-2, Herb Jones at 4-9. Not trusting Joe Val today. He's 7-9, but he's a foul waiting to happen, and he's got to try to guard the Joker. And then even if Cousins in there, he's still a great uh, drawer of fouls. So too afraid to play Joe Val because of that particular reason. I mean, you got to game script some of this stuff out. That's the only way really to hand build uh, successfully. So again, all has to do with Hart and Ingram if they're in. Possible if they're out, definitely looking more towards Alexander Walker, Jones, and Graham. All right, we go to the 8.30 game. There's only one of those. There's an 8.30, a 9, and a 10. So we have those three games remaining. No breaks firing through this. Chicago Bulls at the San Antonio Spurs. Nice big number here, 229. Chicago's only favored by one, which is very surprising to me. Um, but that 229 total with 115 implied for Chicago and 114 for the Spurs, um, very interesting here because you've got two teams with good numbers uh, on a close line of just one. Uh, as far as coming into the game, Chicago is 30 and 17, San Antonio 18 and 31. Out for Chicago, Ball, Caruso, Jones, and Williams. Out for the Spurs, Kate's beta job. So let's look at statistically here. We've got Chicago 13th in pace, San Antonio 4th. That is a plus, definitely. And that's why you've got that 229 number. Uh, Chicago's all the way down to 17th in defense. Uh, and I've mentioned that the last few pods, but if you watch, their games are... They're giving up so many more points than they did. Uh, and again, a lot of that is because Lonzo Ball is out and uh, and Caruso's out. I mean, that's where the defense starts and ends with this team. But they are getting scorched lately and are down a 17th. Spurs are 19th, so they're not tearing it up either. So good setup for DFS. Lots of additional possessions, a lot of good options here. Uh, and you can consider a lot of them. Uh, Dasun Moos had some strong games, but he is 6K, so a little risk. Zach is only 8-3, which I think is very fair. Same thing with DeMar DeRozan, 8-5. Those guys are priced, priced right and both playable. Uh, Vuk's up to 9-6, but he's had some monster games recently. A little pricey for me, but uh, I think I'd prefer either Levine or DeRozan. Um Kobe White's getting decent run, but he's overpriced at 7K now that he's coming off uh, the bench more than likely. Um, for the Spurs, you have DeJounte up to 10K, but he's been terrific. Certainly have to consider him here. Uh, Derek White at 6'1 is a good price. And if you want to go big with Jakob Pertle at 6'4, he should get a really solid run and be able to uh, be pretty successful against Vuk, who's a a minus defender. Um, so not my favorite game on the slate, even though it's got a massive number and, and small spread with one, but you certainly can buy up here. And I, I've got a feeling I'm going to go to either Levine or DeRozan and then possibly White or Murray on the other side. So could be a key game, but probably two guys max, even for this high scoring game. All right, two games left. 
Minnesota and Phoenix playing at 9 p.m. Minnesota's on the second night of a back-to-back. So take that to note. That's important to know here. And just what Phoenix needs, right? They always seem to be coming out smelling like a rose. Phoenix is favored by 8.5, and it's a 230.5 total. So you've got really solid uh, numbers here. 111 implied for Minnesota, 119.5. Uh, for the Phoenix Suns. Minnesota 24 and 24, Phoenix 38 and 9. So we've got some questionable tags here all over the place We with Patrick Beverly because he was questionable last night, did not play. I think he was resting up for tonight, though. I think he plays and guards Chris Paul. That's what I'm anticipating. Uh, we thought maybe D'Angelo Russell got hurt, but he's okay. He came back, and he is planning on playing today. Uh, the guys that are out for Phoenix, it's pretty expansive. Aiton, Crowder, Kaminsky, McGee, Nader, Payne, and Sarich. So we're back to that scenario uh, with them being a little shorthanded, specifically inside. Uh, and will Minnesota be able to take care of that on the second night of a back-to-back? Minnesota's 10th in pace. Phoenix is 9th, so all good there. Thing is, though, you've got really, really good defense from Phoenix at second and Minnesota better than most people realize at 12th. So, you know, 230 and a half, big number for the second and 12th best defensive teams in the league. But, you know, there's great players on both sides here. Uh, Again, I'm thinking Beverly plays at 4-3. I think he's on the floor a decent amount, uh, which and that is to control Chris Paul handling Uh, Just the offense completely. Can that shut down Paul? I doubt it. He's 9K, though, so it's a big commitment to go up to him. D'Angelo Russell at 7-8, you know, can throw big games on. Is he 100% healthy is a question. And I just want to, you know, do some coach speak and see some beat writer stuff, make sure he's going to get full run. Uh, Anthony Edwards, 7-9. He's got a chip on his shoulder a little bit about, you know, he he felt that he was a, should be a starter for the, the All-Star game. Uh, we'll see if he's going to come out and play with a little bit more anger there. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt at 5-3, Cat at 9-5, certainly uh, potential as well. But on second nights of back-to-back, have a tendency to see Nas Reed grab a few extra minutes uh, from for Cat. So, not that I'm going to go to read at 3-3, but I don't know if it just downplays, uh, downgrades Cat for me a little bit at 9-5. So uh, not sure about that scenario. As far as the probably the best big on the board, I think, is Bismack Biombo. He's 5-8, so his price hasn't come up that much. He's pretty much, you know, gotten to his number every t- since he's been thrust into the lineup here. So I think he's... Uh, one of my favorite center plays for sure on the slate at a very fair price. Cam Johnson at 4-7, but here's the problem. He gets Jared Vanderbilt defense. So I like the price, but not sure I want to really uh, wrestle with that. I prefer Mikhail Bridges a little bit more this time. He's 5-7. He's going to be on the floor a lot. Um, he's probably going to be guarding uh, Ant. So we'll see how that flies. But I think his price is very fair. Uh, the guy that's been absolutely unstoppable re- recently is Devin Booker. My goodness. If you look at his last week of games, he's been fantastic. And 
He's actually one of my favorite payups on this slate. I know he's an expensive 9-9, and that's a big, big, you know, bite out of the apple right there. But I think potentially if Minnesota can stay close enough, and that's the key, they, you know, if they keep it to single digits and the spread's eight and a half, it is a back-to-back for Minnesota. So there is a little fear there. But I think Booker's just been in one of his zones and I'd like to, you know, ride that zone before it goes the opposite direction. All right, last game, 11th of 11, no breaks. We don't need them. We're getting all these in. We want to make sure everybody gets the information, can build some lineups, and be ready to win. We had I, we had a talk crash Davis down this morning. He was all upset that the Milwaukee Bucks game at home doesn't start till 10 o'clock at night. So. We're going to have to send some Starbucks uh, high high caffeine coffee over there so Crash doesn't fall asleep. But yes, it's the national TV late game on ESPN. It's 10 o'clock. It's the New York Knicks at the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee favored by nine, 217 and a half total, uh, 104.25 for the Knicks, 113.25 for the Milwaukee Bucks. Knicks come in 23 and 26 and pretty much in disarray. I mean, they're, they just don't look right right now. The rotation, something's going on funky there. They may be in that trade market as well. Milwaukee, 10 games over 500 at a, a solid 30 and 22, or 30 and 20, I'm sorry. And uh, so they're going to come out, I think, hungry. Uh, their last performance wasn't exactly what uh, they were looking for. For the Knicks, questionable tag on Archidiakono. We haven't seen him suited up very much. Nerland's Noel, also questionable, and we know D. Rose is out. Grayson Allen, questionable. Cheap shot artist is uh, may or may not play. We'll see what that is. Uh, Rodney Hood, probable. Uh, Wesley Math- Matthews, also questionable. And we know Lopez and Wigington are out. So looking at this game, very interesting. Island game for both teams. You've got a slow team in the Knicks at 29th, a fairly quick team in Milwaukee at 8th. So evens out a bit. Two solid defensive teams, though. Knicks 10th, Bucks 9th. So that's an attention grabber. And 217.5 isn't a very great total considering Milwaukee's almost a double-digit favorite at 9. That might, might drift up to 10 by the end of the day. Where can you go here? Well, Kemba looks like he's going to be back at 6K, but not not against Drew Holiday, in my opinion, not a good play. R.J. Barrett's been the most consistent recently. He's 7-4, gets a little bit of tough Middleton defense, though. Randall at 9-2 against Giannis, not in my cup of tea. Uh, Mitch Robinson at 5-7, rotation of the bigs. So not interested really in the Knicks side. I think this game may get a little over-owned because it is the ESPN late game, and I'm just not that crazy about it, to be honest with you. I think the I think Milwaukee could hand one to the Knicks here. Again, not predu- predicting a blowout, just enough that I think they're going to be in control of this game, and I just don't like this rotation of the Knicks against this tough Bucks defense. Then on the Milwaukee side, we've got that nightmare of having the four really good guys all playing. Holiday, Middleton, Antikinupo, and Portis all playing. So, you know, they're priced high. 
Holiday 7-4, Middleton 8-4, Giannis 11-8, and Portis 6-5. So zero bargains for those four because they all have ele elevated prices because some of the other ones of the four have been out at times. So I'm not really crazy about this game. So I could go, you know, blanks on this last game, which again, it seems like that happens. And then I have to hang on for dear life. But uh, I just don't see spending way up for some of these Bucks guys in a game that I think they can handle fairly well against the Knicks. And they're still going to get Connaughton, DiVincenzo, and Hill in there. And, you know, so there, there's minutes to be spread around. Um, Giannis, yeah, 11-8. He's Giannis, but the Knicks play so slow, uh, it's going to limit his possession. So nobody for me right now in this last game, unfortunately, just falls that way. But uh, lots of opportunities for solid plays all over the board. Some great pay-up options, some great value. And that is it, my friends. That is everything I've got. Kept it in the time frame that I wanted. Hopefully that gives you a great feel for this 11-game slate. I'd recommend getting those contests locked in. Uh, maybe build that initial lineup you know, from listening to the podcast. And then if you want to become a member of Coach Talk, go to dfscoachtalk.com. You can sign up for this weekend Grab the pass, three days, 10 bucks. You get everything we've got for basketball, football with the championships, and, of course, golf. So we are going to be here. We'd love to have you join us. If you're on YouTube, quick thumbs up. Hit the subscribe button. Give us a quick comment. Hit the alert button in the upper corner so you know when our podcast posts. So really appreciate it. Tomorrow, my favorite basketball podcast of the week. It's the Saturday edition with the one and only Josh Crash Davis. I'm hoping he gets up early enough to do that podcast because his bucks don't play until 10 o'clock tonight. Wah, wah. <laughs> Just a little shot of Crash. I, you know I love him. Uh, so we'll be on together tomorrow. Sunday, I'm solo. And then Monday, we're, we have special guest Gundacker joining us uh, on our podcast. So that should be a lot of fun as well. So really appreciate everybody listening in. Uh, have a fantastic Friday. Uh, make it a three-day weekend. Go ahead. Tell your boss. Coach said you can take off the rest of the day. It's officially a three-day Coach Talk weekend. So there you go. Enjoy it. So appreciate it again. Thanks for joining in. And we'll catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in DFS.